Mitsubishi. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of the Crease Dive. Today is Friday, May 14th. The tournament is upon us. This is May. Jake, we've got eight huge games coming up this weekend. All of them will be on ESPNU. How are you feeling heading into round one of the 2021 NCAA Men's Lacrosse Division One tournament? Um, I mean, it's been a it's been a strange. I don't know. It's it's I could I could say it's been a strange season. Not certainly as as strange as last season, but it's been it's been pretty strange. Um, we have been blessed with plenty of lacrosse this year. Um, you know, some of the I think the the ACC um gave us you know thursday night acc lacrosse so you know that's that's gonna have to continue um no matter what i think the people will demand that um but i'm feeling good i think that i think that if you if you look at it these are the these are the right 16 teams probably to be in the tournament i don't think that anybody was necessarily left out um i think everybody is here that we expected to be here um, kind of looking at, looking at the bracket. So that's nice. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm prepared for the weekend and, and you know, what have you. Yeah. I mean, looking back at the season as a whole, um, you know, it wasn't like there was a ton of, um, there wasn't like a ton of chaos that went down. Like obviously like the, you know, the conferences within themselves had a bit of chaos, but um, you know, you're, you're right. Where like all these teams, like we kind of saw the writing on the wall right from the beginning that, you know, a lot of these teams would be here, um, you know, kind of like going back to like that first weekend of the season uh, where, you know, Denver going and playing against Duke, uh, they come hot out of the gates. It looks like, you know, Duke's going to do their, their typical, February do kind of nonsense. Then they turn it on in the second half and uh, you know, just kind of everything that's happened this season. It's been incredible to watch. Um, but you know, it's, it's not one of those years where it's like, you know, where you look at all 75 or 70, whatever teams in college across and you're like, you know, anyone could win it this year. Um, you know, this has kind of been one of those ones where it's like, yeah, like I, I think we know who's going to be there in the end and credit to all those teams. Like it, you know, for, for being able to put together a full season of dominance um, in the ACC or a team like Maryland. Uh, and then, you know, also some of these other teams that are getting in here, like Lehigh and a couple of those big East teams. So, uh, you know, a ton of excitement heading into this weekend. Um, also love, you know, we'll, we'll get into these games in just a bit, but I love that we finally have a weekend where the, uh, the schedule is staggered to the point where like you can actually watch one game and focus on one game and, and not have to keep flipping between multiple games. So, um, you know, having these games Saturday and Sunday at 12, two 35 and seven 30 huge for all of us. Um, you know, especially, you know, if if you're going to a bar this weekend, you know, I, I, I know a lot of the, uh, know a lot of the COVID restrictions are finally pretty, pretty, you know, if you're vaxxed up, you're pretty much back to normal. Um, so, you know, if you're at the bar and you could only get the bar to turn one, one of the screens on to lacrosse, now we don't have to worry because there's only going to be one game on at a time. Um, so that's going to be huge. Now, uh, some things heading into these games. Uh, first off, Let's talk a little style. Let's let's get into let's get into some <laughs> style talk, Jake. You and I were, you know, listen. You've we're got the hair. You, you've got uh-huh. the hair. Uh, you know, and and you've got your your East Cobb Blacks. That shout out to East Cobb Blacks. You had the those guys decked right. out in a ton of style. So I know that this is a, an extremely important aspect of the game to you. Uh, one of the better uh, traditions heading into the tournament every year is when all these teams get stocked up with some new lids. Uh, you know, typically these brands, they'll, they'll wait to, uh, unveil their newest model of, you know, helmets, sticks, gloves, whatever, uh, for the NCAA tournament, because they know that that's when they're going to have the most amount of eyeballs on to make, uh, that unveiling. Uh, so we saw the cascade teams, they have, uh, 
you know, so they just unveiled their newest helmet. I believe it's the XRS. Am, am mm-hmm. I getting that? Uh, correct. That, that correct. So um, now I, I didn't get a chance to like really read into everything that goes into the XRS, but, but is, is the naming there? Is that like just putting together all of some of the, you know, the, the most recent model, like the CPX, the Cascade R and the Cascade S, like, is that what they went for? Or is XRS just random number or random letters that they decided to throw together? I mean, it probably take, I mean, if you look at the helmet, I just had it. Oh fuck. It was on my explore page on Instagram and I had it pulled up and then I just like hit refresh and then <laughs> I pulled down and it was suddenly away, but it's probably just the combination. Uh, you know, it has elements from the R the elements from, from the, from the S and then, uh, it just sounds fucking cool to put X in front of it. Um, but it's a good looking helmet. It caused quite a stir, um, in, in the group chat with, with the, with the fellas last night. Um, so I, I respect the, you know, Rutgers being able to wear their, their XRS, you know, it sucks for me cause I just bought two, two new R's, uh, or the S's hang on. Yeah, no, I bought two new S's for, for my club. So, uh, you know, those might, those might just be office ornaments now. Cause I got to go find myself an XRS like ASAP. Um, I mean, it looks pretty good. Uh, I, I don't know how I feel about the Virginia helmets, you know, the, the burn with the, um, with the orange Chrome face mask. I, I would, did you see those? So I, I think that now the, the XRS, yeah, it's, it's a clean looking helmet. There's not like a ton different from like, I feel like lacrosse helmets at this point are, it's almost like, like the new iPhone that comes out mm. every year where it's like, they're like little tweaks that make it different. Um, but at the end of the day, like it's still pretty similar. So like the XRS to the S like there's, there's not like a ton different. Um, it looks like maybe like, like the earpiece looks a little bit more like the burn than it does any other cascade helmet that I've seen before. Um, so, but, so I think that Virginia coming out in just the full burnt orange lid, uh, where the, I mean, they're looking like a, like a ripe blood orange in that. And, and I'm a huge blood yeah. orange. I'm a huge blood orange fan. I, I think it is a delicious treat on a hot summer's day. I mean, like, you know, the, the, the parents, they bring the orange slices for halftime, but if, you know, if you have a parent who really knows what they're doing, you're bringing blood oranges. They're a little sweeter, a little tangier, kind of wake you up a little bit more than, than your typical is big orange is orange. big orange paying you for this. <laughs> Big Orange is paying you for this, isn't it? There's, there, Big Orange is, is lobbying in the world of lacrosse now. I'm, I'm huge on citrus fruits, um, but yeah. So I, I, I think, I think that uh, Virginia's lid comes out looking probably my favorite out of the new ones that we've seen heading into the tournament. Maybe some okay. of these other teams have, uh, you know, maybe a little bit more up their sleeve if they're kind of planning on, uh, you know, going on a bit of a run here in the tournament. I know. You know, STX having uh, UNC and Duke, I, I can't imagine that their season, uh, I'll knock on wood here for those guys and I'll knock on wood for my own takes, but I can't imagine that their season comes to an end this weekend. So maybe, you know, STX is planning to have something come out, you know, maybe heading into the quarterfinals or something like that. But out of the ones that we've seen so far, I really like that, um, that Virginia look. And I, I think it might, it might be enough. No, nah, I'm not going to say that. I was going to say it might be Don't enough to, off, to offset the sleeveless jerseys, but nothing will ever. No, be, be nothing will ever. No, but it's, 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 the helmets are nice enough to at least make me question for at least one and a half seconds that uh, it could offset the sleeveless jerseys. So, um, yeah, that's always just been one of, one of the, you know, my favorite traditions, quote unquote, heading into the tournament, uh, is just seeing these boys getting loaded up on some new gear. Um, cause you don't really see that in any other sport besides lacrosse where, you know, these companies are like, you know, this college tournament is the biggest time of the year for us. Every other sport, it would be like the Super Bowl or something or the Stanley cup final or the NBA finals. Um, so for these college kids to be able to unveil these new products, it's super cool. And, um, you know, probably won't be this way for much longer if if everything with the PLL goes according to plan, where, you know, the PLL will eventually 
be the most popular. Um, but as of now, these college kids kind of get to live the dream. So good to see them get that. Um, any other thoughts on, on the helmets? I, so I, I think, what do we saw? We saw a few new XRSs. I know Rutgers, um, Maryland, not sure if there was another one that snuck in there. Oh, I'm Loyola, sure. Loyola. Yeah, uh, Lehigh is all. Um, they'll have they'll have Burns um, because they're they're Warrior. So I'm sure they'll have a new Burn or at least you know they bring back the gold plated Burn or something like that. Um, I'm I'm sure they'll have something like that. Uh, Vermont is Vermont is another STX team. So uh, I can't imagine. They might, they probably, the strategy for, for them probably would be to unveil your new bucket in the first round because I'm not sure they're going to get past Maryland, right? So maybe we see some, some, some cool gear from the Cats. Um, high point, you got to think that they'll rock the, uh, the, the porthole, the, the porthole mesh against Duke. Um, Duke, Duke has pretty boring stuff. Uh, they're, 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 it's, it's just, but it's basic, right? It's like it works. It works. You know, they have their black when they play with black, which is, Probably does any other? I, I can't think of another. Uh, well, Syracuse uses that blue sometimes, but like uh, Duke plays in you know like that alternate black uniform that that's pretty fucking sweet. Um, I just we're not going to see any of that this weekend, right? Or, or Notre Dame that one time they got to play in the St. Patrick's Day gear, which they all every Notre Dame guy I've ever talked to said, yeah, that was the fucking sweetest weekend ever playing it. But anyway. Um, I just I, mean, I, I I picture though like Duke like like I picture 2013 2014 Duke with Jordan Wolf yeah. and they had the um the the warrior I guess it was the Evo helmet back then and it was the one that faded from blue to white and the face mask also had the fade from from blue to white um so so they've definitely taken a step towards um I mean s- simplicity I, yeah. I guess I would I would call it and and sometimes Keep it you know simple. Sometimes there's there's an art to the simplicity. Um, you know, I, I think I think like the way that they play kind of makes up like if they were just like a boring team that just like threw the ball around in an open set and then also looked super boring and be like, all right, guys, like that's enough. But um, the way that they play kind of speaks for. It. I'm sure that Denver probably also has some other things going as well. Maybe you know, Warrior probably just has Trevor Baptiste like locked in a lab somewhere, just designing new stuff for them. Um, but yeah, so big, big, uh, big couple of weeks heading up here as far as lax gear and style goes. Now, unfortunately, there are only going to be 45 kids per team who will be able to suit up in this fresh gear and on the sidelines for these games as uh, the NCAA handed down the new ruling today uh, that teams will only be able to dress 45 players for these games and everybody else on the roster who won't be suited up will have to watch from the stands. Um, Just, I don't... Now, now this is something, it, it's not exactly new. I, I believe the old number was 52, um, you know, which is a ton of kids. You know, now some of these programs have even more. So you might have five or six guys that aren't able to suit up. Um, so it's not like it's like a brand new thing, but um, in a year like this where, you know, so many of these kids have sacrificed so much um, to, to be out there and, you know, they already had last year sacrificed for them um, to, to take away seven more spots on the sideline. That's, that's a gut punch right there. I, I mean, I I understand, right? It's for it's for COVID restrictions or whatnot, you know. But at, is it? I I believe so. Okay. Well, I don't know what seven. So seven out of fifty-two is like. Uh, it's under ten percent. I really I really don't know what the purpose would be. You know, I I just don't I just don't I don't I don't get the point, right? Like because if you have one person who's got it, you know, and they and like. They're going to be around the team in general, so limiting the amount of kids on the field when there's probably only, what would you say? How deep would you say you go into your roster if you probably play nine midfielders, four attackmen, five poles? Are you really playing nine midfielders though? I feel like you might get like seven or eight tops. I'm saying, I'm saying deep. Like, let's oh, say yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah. like, you're, you're, we're like Johns Hopkins in 2007, right? Okay. 
let's if you there's so nine five is it nine fourteen you're under twenty players right if you're really that concerned about COVID restrictions just fucking cut it to twenty five right play it like summer ball I don't I I don't I don't understand like that it, now now my thing is like like I so. Like I, I have no problem with cutting the amount of guys who can dress right. for a game, mm-hmm. but let the boys on the sideline, right? Like, Agreed. like, like sitting you, in the stands. Yeah, sitting in the stands is like <laughs> such like a humiliating thing. Like these, like, like, and and like the thing is, is like, yeah, like obviously the kids that are going to be sitting in the stands probably haven't seen the field at all this year, um, you know. But but like at least like let them feel like they're still a part of the team. Like they're still going to practice every day. Um, you know, they're getting their guys better, getting those good practice reps, like reward the kids by letting them be on the sideline, like actual human beings. And like, like, and then, you know, have them there. Like, cause think about how much that sideline means. So like deep in may it's getting hot. Maybe you're down by a couple goals. Uh, you score a big one. And then you have that bench just getting all sorts of raucous. You have the bench mob flying around. You have all the all the guys who weren't able to suit up just out there talking relentless amounts of shit. Um, you know that adds to a team. So you're kind of taking that away too. So, um, but I don't know. We really shouldn't be surprised at the NCAA making shithead decisions anymore. Um, like in the grand scheme of everything, like this might be the least uh, controversial shit decision that the NCAA has made and th- and that's that's saying a lot um but yeah so 45 players listen it, it's tough for um you know it's 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 tough for the kids who won't be able to suit up but i don't know just like sneak them on somehow like what's the worst it's going to do they're going to kick you out of the tournament i doubt it yeah it's it's not a huge deal but at the same time i mean you know what denver that and like that that's i think that's the issue that we're both having with it is where it's like it's not a huge deal so like why why make the rule yeah well denver's got seven goalies on the roster so yeah. you could cut okay. you could have five of you could have five of them i could see why you wouldn't want to dress seven keepers um one of them is a kid i used to coach actually uh but yeah, seven seven goalies on the roster. So, I mean, two freshmen, two sophomores, two juniors, and a senior. So, seniors not even playing. So, yeah, I I, I, I get it in, in that sense. But um, Bill Tierney, you wild man. What a wild human being, right? I don't need just two. I don't need three. I need seven. I will, and and it's not really like even next man up because then you got to like compete with the guy who's who's like your age, right? You got to compete with the other freshmen. You know, it's not like, hey, I'll play next year. It's more like, hey, I got to play, play for my spot next year too, you know, as a senior or whenever. But anyway. Uh, but, yeah, so anyway, I mean, I, I guess we should probably just get right into it. Um, you know, we, we got a huge slate of games this weekend, so we don't want to waste any more of your guys' time. Um, though I will say it, it does – there's a lot of excitement, so I don't want to. I don't want to start off like a bummer, like right away. But listen, like if you have something to do Saturday morning, like let's say you you have like your chores to do, you gotta get up, you gotta like mow the mow the lawn, you gotta whatever it is that you do, Jake, where you gotta like feed the ducks, take the chickens for a walk, and like correct find like another like three dogs to to foster. Um, mm. So if if you're doing that on Saturday morning and you know you plan on getting done at noon, but maybe it bleeds a little bit later into the afternoon, like you're at like 12, 30, one o'clock. I don't really think you're going to miss much um, in the North Carolina Monmouth game. Uh, so this will be the first game of the tournament, the one seed North Carolina. You watched them all season. Everyone knows who they have on offense. Everyone knows who they have in goal. Um, everyone knows what they've been able to do this year. And then you have Monmouth, which, you know, hey, good, good on Monmouth for winning the, uh, winning the MAC. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, they, they went five and two in Mac play. They have, you know, two losses on the year. So um, they also have a couple of Delco guys local to me who are, you know, doing pretty well offensively for them. So I don't want to shit on Mama too bad, but I mean, this is a game where this one's, this one's over right from the get go. I, I, I don't see you having UNC on upset alert. Do you, unless you want to get no. crazy. I uh, know. I don't, I, I certainly don't have uh, UNC on upset alert. Um, 
I mean, that one's, I mean, that, that one will probably get out of hand pretty quickly. Um, I think we'll all be, you know, we'll see the starters get pulled. Um, they'll probably try to run it up quickly so you can get your starters out and just get them prepped for the next game and let some of the other guys take, take a few, um, you know, credit to Monmouth, they've, Monmouth, they've had Monmouth. They've had a, a great year defensively. Some of their defensive stats, um, were at the top of the country. So you got to give a shout out there. Um, they had a very high scoring defense, so good for them, but, uh, you know, make sure the bus is warm at, uh, at halftime. Uh, so getting into, I mean, okay. So this one's, this, this one's going to be, if I had to say, if if I said the next three games are going to be fucking interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Lehigh and Rutgers, Mike Sis, Mr. Sisselberger, the Missileberger, beast mode. All right. Whatever nickname you had for him. Okay. The, he has been on an absolute tear this year. And I am so interested to see what Rutgers is going to do for him. Um, because Rutgers has been doing pretty well, um, but I don't know how their face-off guy trying to pull up his name, pull him up. Where is he? Good for radio. Good for radio. Good for so, radio. So, so they're they're going to have, uh, you know, they they kind of go a little bit by committee, um, but it, I, I don't. This is just a, a classic Rutgers Italian name, Jonathan Dugenio. Dugen- Dugenio. 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 No matter anyway. no matter who's taking the face offs for Rutgers, they're they're gonna get smoked the whole time. That's yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have a tough time with, with Mike. <clears throat> and then from there, um I, I think I think Rutgers the way the key for Rutgers winning this game is keeping the ball in Adam Cherlambidi's stick. Um because he's really the field general out there. And if you can guard Connor Kirst from the midfield. Um, you're going to give Rutgers a tough time. But if you lock down Connor Kirst, you've got Cheryl Embiidi's right there to play. So I, I, I don't know, man. This one could be a, this one could be a barn burner. Um, but on the so, other so, hand... So spe- speaking of Connor Kirst, this is a... I mean, this is going to be a family affair in this game. Oh, yeah. So you've got, uh, you've, you've got Connor and Colin Kirst over... So you've got Colin Kirst in cage at Rutgers who transferred over from Lehigh, mind mm-hmm. you. Um, and over at Lehigh, their other brother, Cole Kirst, uh, currently has 25 goals and seven assists in the season so far. So uh, big big game for the Kirst family. Um, listen, if, if, if you don't know those guys' story, I think that there was a great – it was either in U.S. Lacrosse Magazine or IL. It was one of them. Um, but talking about – uh, Connor and Colin transferring to Rutgers to continue their father's legacy. So really cool story about that. Um, but then you also have the other brother who's still at Lehigh and like that. Listen, like your starting goalie transferring from the team that you're playing against in the tournament kind of says that one Lehigh clearly has the, the advantage in cage in this game. Um, and two, like, I, I feel like, you know, there, there are going to be a decent amount of shooters on this Lehigh team who might know a thing or two about a thing or two on mm. maybe some of Colin Curse's tendencies. Uh, now on the flip side, you could be like, well, yeah, he's seen all their shooters. So he knows, you know, what these guys can bring and where they like to bring it and know their tendencies. So, you know, maybe there's a little cat and mouse there being played between Lehigh's offense and Colin Curse and net. Um, but yeah, I, I, I felt like I, uh, I, I might've stopped you in the middle of a, of a thought there. Um, but the, the family affair aspect is going to be cool to see in this one. Uh, and we're also going to get that when we get into Maryland and Vermont. No, I just made, I, I you didn't interrupt me. I think I just, I think I was just kind of thinking, you know, you can kind of go back and forth all you want about how the game might turn out. But in reality, I think it'll be a close one. Um, Simply because of the face-off play, um, and, and Lehigh's got some talent. I, I I don't know if the schedules are, com- are comparable. Like, you know, is is Lehigh's one loss to Villanova is 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 that a is that a comparable team to to Rutgers playing in the Big Ten? But I mean, Rutgers play is is a good team, deservedly so. So I'm gonna give the edge to Rutgers, but I would not be surprised if Lehigh wins. So that's a nice little. 
that's a, that's a really nice little diplomatic play from me. I'm going to pat myself on the back there. Just, just a true vet. Um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, Lehigh might be hurting a little bit from not getting a chance to play that Patriot League championship game against Loyola because, you know, their past few, you know, they, they had that stretch where they beat Army and Navy back to back. That's a good little stretch for them. Um, but since then, they're past, I believe it's five games. So, you know, back to back games against Lafayette, which like, you know, you're not really getting a ton there. Um, and then a win against Bucknell. Again, not really getting a ton there. Then they lose to Villanova and like pretty handedly. And then a win against Colgate. So like they really haven't had a big win in a while heading into the tournament. Um, you know, and I think that that Loyola game would have been a real great tune up for them. And unfortunately they weren't able to play that. Uh, but I do think, you know, they're, they're going to win faceoffs. Um, Tommy Schelling, Christian Moulet at, uh, at attack for, you know, for Lehigh, they've been doing most of the damage scoring wise so far along with Cole Kirst. Um, so I think, you know, you keep giving those guys the ball and I don't know, like, I, I just, this is obviously my, my anti Rutgers bias. That's, you know, I'm not going to be able to get out of my head nor my heart. Um, but until Rutgers proves to me that they're a team that can win a big game, I'm always going to think that the pressure is always too much for Rutgers. Like when, whenever they need a mm. huge win for a program, they just haven't gotten it done. Um, so, you know, a year like this where there's really only one top dog in the big 10, they weren't really able to make it much against Maryland um, either time that they played. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm just, Lehigh's going to get the ball. I think that they have the advantage in that. They have some guys who can shoot. They know the other goalies tendencies. So I'm, I'm going to go Lehigh in a tight one though. So, okay. Um, I'll I, take I, that. We're, 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 we're both on board for this probably being the tightest game. Um, and yeah, I mean, you you were right on though, saying that these next three games on the day uh, were going to be super exciting because this Notre Dame Drexel game, I'm 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 obviously leaning Notre Dame, um, but I'm just still I don't know. May, now that we don't have Dukes on to really talk up Notre Dame every single chance that he has, I'm so now we I'm can back, shift on them. I'm I'm back <laughs> to being a little bit down on Notre Dame. Um, why and not no you know i'm not down on notre dame i i think that they they've proven that they're but i don't think that they are like a, a bona fide final four team so without being a bona fide final four team i think that drexel can keep that a little tight against them um so i guess that's that's what i'm saying but like just looking back on what they did this year and again, like those first four games of the season like it's at no fault of, of Notre Dame. Like I realized like trying to find like out of conference games for a team in Indiana, like with COVID protocols and probably some sort of travel restrictions, probably a little tight. Like, so, you know, you can't really do too much. Like Robert Morris, Bellarmine, Marquette, Cleveland state. Like you kind of had to go with those teams since they're just geographically close enough. Um, but those four games don't do anything for me. And that's all the way back in like February and early March. So it doesn't really matter right now. Um, but I, I don't know. I just, I, I keep looking at UNC and Duke and Maryland and I just have them all on, on, on a different level than, than Notre Dame. And I know that okay. Notre Dame, and I know that Notre Dame beat Duke, but like, as you s- said after that game, it's like, well, yeah, Duke also played like the worst game like any human has yeah. ever played. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm just not as hell bent on Notre Dame being like the top dog in this part of the bracket as, as someone like Dukes would be. Um, and I think that, you know, Drexel has been on a tear lately. And again, it's, it's not like, you know, it's not anything close to having an ACC schedule, but I mean, wins against UMass and Hofstra and multiple wins against both of those teams in the, in the past few weeks and month here um you know pretty good run for drexel heading into this one so they're they're hot to say the least yeah i I get that so i mean you look at you look at what notre dame's done and they are i mean they're four goals from tying that the virginia duke in north carolina so those four you know the three games they played they're they're four goals away from making that that a game right so you know and then, you know, yeah, their, their one win over Duke in conference, 
Um, I mean, it was the worst game I've ever seen Duke play. So, but that doesn't mean, you know, the next time that Duke came out, it was a one goal game, right? Next time North Carolina came out, it was a one goal game. So, you know, Notre Dame can play and they can compete. It's just, it's one, it would have to be one of those days where, you know, maybe you've been hitting pipes all year and then just, you know, somebody's got the goals laced right at Arlotta and everything or wherever they're going to play and everything just drops, right. You know, in in Hartford, wherever they're going to play. So I I won't count Notre Dame out. um, But count them out of like the final four. I'm not going to count them out of the final four. I'm not saying like, yeah, Notre Dame's trash and they should be in the final four, but I, I think that the Drexel game will be close and which, you know, strategically you could make the Drexel game close and then sneak up on whoever's in the next round. Right. And just absolutely trounce them. So well, that next, yeah, that next round would be Maryland, I believe. Yes. Yes. It so, would be Maryland. So I, I think that, you know, the, and, and, or, I mean, Notre Dame could be looking, you know, they could have, they could be bitten by the, by the, by the, by a curse. They could be looking towards the, you know, ahead at the next game and Drexel could sneak up on them. So you, you never know. I'd probably take Notre Dame, although I'm a big fan of the Drexel Dragons. Um, and our, our man, Colin Mailman, is an absolute beast. Um, I, I don't know. I, w- I would so, say Notre so, Dame. Yeah, what's, so what's I, the line? It's like Notre Dame by two, Notre Dame by three. Okay. Yeah, so that's exactly where I was going to be with it. Like, okay. Like if, if you were to ask me like a couple weeks ago, like what this – like I would say like Notre Dame by like – five or like six or I would say probably a couple weeks ago, I'd say Notre Dame by like six or seven. Yeah. Um, so when I said that, like, I'm a little down on Notre Dame, I'm not saying like I got Drexel winning this game. Like I, I still have Notre Dame winning this one. Um, but uh, yeah, so it looks like the line here that I'm seeing is Notre Dame three and a half. So I, I would okay. have Drexel. I mean, we're about just, right then. Yeah. So I'd, I'd have Drexel like just sneaking in there and, and covering that one and keeping it like a three goal game. Um, but I think it, it'll be close for the majority of it. And then, um, you know, then pack have, we'll just do some pack have things and really pull away for that, you know, three goal lead for Notre Dame. Um, but yeah. So, and then after that, Georgetown Cuse. Now, Jake, you are mm. uh, infamous for saying that this is a game where, you don't really have as much desire to watch. Um, I, I, I want to know if, if you've changed on that, if you're the same way, uh, just, just give us your thoughts on this classic Big East rivalry, which is now Big East versus <laughs> Um, I, I think, I think Georgetown is a, you know, what a great, it, what a fucking, amazing school very cool school right like if you were like yeah i'm gonna go to georgetown i'd be like that's fucking sweet like i i got my degree from georgetown i'd be like you're a smart guy you're you're an awesome dude um i just they've got some they've got some ballers right you know they've got jake caraway tj haley and then uh tj haley and, and our, our our man declan mcdermott um who's apparently his name is danny mcbuckets like that's his uh his like team name for some reason well, because there was also uh, what, what was his first name? The the Creighton basketball player Doug McDermott, who was Dougie McBuckets. Okay, okay, but I don't know how they get from Declan to Danny. Maybe that's like maybe like he goes by Danny, and like his government name is Declan. Who knows? But still a sweet ass name, uh, regardless. Um, I mean, they've played Denver three times this year. Uh, Georgetown has so like uh, with coming away with two wins out of three. So I mean, Georgetown is a pretty tested team when, when you got to play Denver three times, I'd say. Um, not necessarily in the sense that like, uh, you know, Georgetown needs to move to the ACC, but like, I think that they can play against Syracuse. Um, you, you, this game would be pretty telling. I, I think I'd watch this game. I, I think more that I think about it, I think I'd watch this game. Like if it's a seven thirty game, like it's going to be Saturday. So I'm going to be kind of tired. You know, I'm, almost 30 now i just turned 29 last week so like i'm probably gonna be close to getting in bed right like i'm not gonna be out at a bar with the boys that's just not me if you are out there please have an extra drink for me 
go rip a vape for me. What the fuck, you know, smoke a Marlboro red. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, please do it for me. Live. I want to live vicariously through you guys. Send me a picture of you smoking Marlboro red. I don't, I don't care. Um, but like, that's the game that I'd watch in it. Yeah. Sigs inside. Um, lift the restrictions, bring Sigs back inside. That's what, that's what we want. Um, like, I just, I don't know how to feel about the Syracuse team, right? It's almost like I, you know, so, I don't and, know. And that's, I, just, that's, I just have, like, questions. You know, the, the, the Nick Young that just, like, his question marks around his head yeah. just, like, Syracuse? Like, what? And, what? And, and, and that's, the, like, it'll, it'll obviously depend. And, like, this is, like, a, a cliche. Thing. Like, obviously, all these games depend on what version of the team show up. Like, right. we could have, like, somehow, like, a, a dog shit Duke team. Although they'd still oh, no. win, uh, but it like it, it depends on what Syracuse team we're getting. Um, and and we had mentioned before where you know they they had obviously all the Chase Scanlon stuff is, you know it's not like totally behind them because they still you know there there's still some some shit to deal with there. Um, but with him like off the team like maybe like that's like a nice you know relief off of their shoulders. And you know we we saw after um, you know he was he was first dismissed from the team uh and Syracuse came out with a with a huge 13-11 win over Virginia and then the the Syracuse social media manager went on a nice little victory lap uh calling off the uh the funeral for Syracuse and then they followed that up the next week by getting fucking curb stomped by Notre Dame 22 so tough so um yeah social media manager maybe just uh you know take a seat um, but it depends on, on what Syracuse team we get. Like, are they going to be rejuvenated, feeling loose um, after, you know, getting all that stuff out of the way? Probably. But on the other side of things, Jake, as, as you mentioned, like Georgetown has ballers. Jake Carraway takes like, he takes like nine shots a game to begin with. Now imagine how many shots he's going to take against the Syracuse defense that hasn't been able to stop anybody from getting shots on cage. Drake Porter has been getting peppered all season long. There's only so much that, that our great Canadian brother could do for that team. And, and he's just been getting shelled and shelled and shelled. Like your best pole is a D three transfer and like no shade on D three. Like I'm, I'm a D three guy. So I'm obviously not going to like just totally shit on D three, but when you're playing in the D one NCAA lacrosse tournament, you might need someone that's a little bit better. Um, and if it's not going to be Jake Carraway, then, you know, they, they've got plenty of other studs. Like you mentioned, um, you know, Graham Bundy jr. What a name. Nikki Pekovic. Yeah. Nikki Pekovic. And, and, and like going back to that Denver, uh, to the win against Denver in the big East championship game. Like, I don't think, I think Jake Carraway might've only scored like once that game. I, I could be wrong. Let me go back to check that box, but, uh, yeah, one and one. And, and and Danny McBuckets with with chipping in too. Um, so they've they've got guys who can go. So even if it's not Jake Carraway, like they have other guys who are going to get their shots. Um, you know they've got James Riley taking those faceoffs, and you know obviously Syracuse has a nice little duo that they've been working with. But um, you know I think that James Riley, he he held his own decently well against Denver, um, and then in cage for. Georgetown. Owen McElroy has, I, I believe, the best save percentage in D1 lacrosse right now. If he's not like, if he doesn't have like technically the highest save percentage, I think it's because like maybe someone played like a game. So out of all the starters in college lacrosse, um, I, I think he might have the most saves or the best save percentage, whatever. Great goalie, a team that scores a team that gets shots going up against Syracuse who hasn't been able to really defend at all this year. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with Georgetown in this one. So on, on Saturday, I'm going just straight chalk. It looks like so UNC Lehigh, Notre UNC big Lehigh, very tight Notre Dame, a little tight and uh, Georgetown. I, I think they, they get out of this one pretty again like i I'd, I'd give them three goals too i'm i'm completely with you i'm completely with you um do you just want to skip over the virginia bryant game <laughs> i hope you know what's gonna happen is like yeah. bryant's gonna come out and score like the first two goals 
Yeah, right? and, you know they'll, they'll come out and score, and then and then UVA is going to get loose. I mean, credit credit to to Bryant though. Like their two leading scorers are, are freshmen, so they have a very young team. And you know, Dar- you know Logan McGovern's from Darien. Shout out uh, Dan Arestia, Darien's finest. Um, but like, I, I just you're not going to compete with with Virginia. You know, Bryant's yeah. Bryant's just not going to compete with Virginia. Yeah, and, and it's, not, it's not happening. And especially not as an Adidas team. <laughs> especially not as an Adidas team. Like you guys are just wearing those like tight ass uniforms where everyone looks like they're so uncomfortable. And then you just have to sit there and watch as Connor Schellenberger like puts five of your defensemen on their ass. And then Matt Moore rips three holes through the net. I mean, um, they're so- going to, you know, they're going to, they're going to see what, you know, Virginia looks like they're going to, they're going to get some nice experience. Some of those fresh, you're going to be like, they're probably going to remember this game for a very long time. Like, Holy fuck. Connor Schellenberger, it just what he did to my knees. Like, coach, I we we need to do you know some more squats over the over <laughs> over the year because Schellenberger just wrecked my shit. I'll tell you um, what though, cr- credit to the crew at ESPN for realizing that there are going to be two for sure blowout games in this tournament and scheduling both of them for the noon game. So, did they, you know, they think we we think do we think that was on purpose? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe we'll have to. An- Anish, I know you're listening right now. Let us know. Um, but yeah, so we can skip over that. Virginia, <laughs> Maryland, Vermont. Jake, I-, I want you to take this one away because um, you- you're you're <laughs> okay. You're so the- you're the number one Terps hater on the planet. Um, and, and it's because I'm a hop homer. It- it's because I'm a hop homer, and everyone everyone knows that. But okay, so I think. I think let's let's take a trip back week, Jordy. But yeah, back last week, Jordy. I went back and listened to myself on the podcast, which is terrible. It's so yeah, I, so I, bad I will, listening. I will never do it. that, and that's a Jordy guarantee. I think that I I I, I stand by everything I said. I, I said that playing playing in the in the Big Ten um, is not necessarily equitable to what the ACC looks like. Now. You could misconstrue that and say and 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 make it seem like I'm shitting on Maryland for not being able to compete. Maryland is a championship weekend team. They always are, right? It's not we're not going to discount that out. I'm just saying I'm looking forward to seeing them play a ACC team, right? And get it. I'm looking forward to seeing them play a Notre Dame or a Duke. Okay, I, I it wasn't it wasn't really. Like, if you really think that I'm like, oh, Maryland's trash, they're not going to make the Final Four, that's not really what I was saying. Uh, I'm sure it sounded like that, but, like, you guys uh, – it was like a, it was like 60% of a bit, right? Like, the, the 40 was 40% serious. 60% was mostly a bit. But, I mean, Maryland's going to – I mean, Vermont is a team – Vermont is a great team, right? They, they – they, uh, we, were, we were all very high on the Cats this year. Um, but Maryland is a, is a very complete team. I do think that Tommy Burke is going to have a day. Um, we, we have said that we do know that Tommy Burke, one of Jerry Raganese's, you know, uh, I guess if Jerry is the sensei, then they're his students, right? So one of, one of, one of the, the, one of Jerry's students, Uh, a, a, a Jedi and a Padawan. How about we, yeah, we do it like that. Um, so Tommy Burke's going to have an absolute day and we'll see if it's enough for them to hang with Maryland. Um, I think that they could, I think we could, we could see something where it's like six, seven going into half or seven, eight going into half. Right. And then Maryland has proven themselves to be a, a second half team. So, you know, if, if that's how you, if that's how you need to, if that's how you need to operate, that's how you need to operate. Um, I just, you know, I don't want any more idiots crying in my mentions about, you know, loving Maryland so much and thinking I'm an idiot for saying that they're, you know, shouldn't have been a three seed saying that they shouldn't have been, Yes. You win your conference. You should, you should get a high seed. Right. I get that. But like, I think seeding Notre Dame that low was probably not the same. I, I probably would have bumped Maryland down one more, maybe a four seed, not top three, but I mean, then you're just playing and then you're just playing with, with silly numbers at that point. Numbers don't mean anything. Yeah. We uh, like on that point, like I think, like if if you're going to rank 
if you're going to see Georgetown as the five over Notre Dame at the six because uh-huh. Georgetown won their conference, mm-hmm. then then I would have put Maryland over Duke because although I mean Duke was like a co, so I guess like they're, they're co-champions, they're, they're so they so they have to be one and two. So they, they have, have to, to be one they, and two. Well, they could be one and two, but then Duke lost. Yeah. Whatever. I'm I'm over it at this point. Um, but no, I I'm right there with you where, you know, Tommy Burke, I think he's the probably the second best face-off guy in the nation behind the Misselberger. Um, so he's going to have himself a day against Shockey and uh who, who's the other guy taking face-offs for Maryland? Uh Weirman. Um, so he's gonna have a day against both of those guys, and he's gonna get Vermont possessions. And then Vermont, um, you know, they have those those two Canadians. Um, offensively um, that, you know, that, that can really work together. So like, they're going to get good possessions. They're going to get good shots. Um, And I I think that they're going to be able to do a lot of stuff to keep this game uh, pretty close in, in the early going Uh, McConvey and uh, Lamogues are the two Canadians I'm talking about. Um, But Kind of like what I mentioned with uh, Lehigh Rutgers with the family affair. So this one, like this is going to be – Jared Bernhardt has had a lot of Tawarton performances so far this year. He, he's had plenty of moments where he's proven that he's just bigger, better, stronger, faster than so many other guys that he goes up against. I think the worst possible thing that could actually happen for Vermont is to keep it tight going into halftime. Because if you don't think that Jared Bernhardt would come out in the second half, look directly in the eyes at the opposing sideline, right at his brother, Jake Bernhardt on the sideline coaching Vermont and be like, you know what? Like, fuck you, big brother. Like I'm going on a tear now. Like I, like, I don't know if Vermont wants to unleash that version of Jared Bernhardt. And I think keeping it close going into halftime would do that because Jake Bernhardt's not on the field, so he won't be able to do anything to stop it. So they'll, they're going to create a monster. And I feel like after every single goal, he'll just stare down Jake on the Vermont sideline being like, yeah, like call me big brother. So, yeah. And then on the, then on the other hand, do you think that like it works in the other favor, like on the other, like in the other, like in the other way, like, uh, you know, Jake Bernhardt has the, has the, uh, the leg up on J mm-hmm. on JB one. No, you don't think no. it works like that. No, no. And I, I okay. don't. And, and I think, no, not at all. So yeah, but it'll be an exciting first half and the takes will be like, Everyone make sure that you have your notifications um, turned on, your push notifications for at call me shitto uh, because the takes in the first half of that game are going to be great <laughs> because I, I do think that it'll be nice and tight in the first half. Um, but yeah, then I have Maryland pulling away in the second for sure. Um, yeah. I got Maryland by, <laughs> by four or five, I think. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd lean probably a little closer to five, a little closer, but, but, little but closer that, but that, but that first half line should be pretty tight. Um, all right. The five, the five o'clock game Duke high point. Now high point is a, uh, they're, they're basically an honorary ACC team at this point. Um, you know, they, they had how many games against the ACC? Did, I think that they had four in a row against the ACC this year. Um, lost all of them, but had a couple of them that were pretty tight. They had a one goal loss to Virginia, uh, two goal loss to North Carolina. Um, but then they got spanked by UNC and they also got spanked by Duke. So the last time that these two teams played roll back the calendars to March 10th, this was at Duke and it was a 27 to eight shellacking. Brennan O'Neill, five goals. Michael Sowers, four and one. Joe Robertson, three and one. Um, I mean, it goes on and on and on. So 27 to eight, the, the last time we saw these two teams play against each other. I don't think it'll be that bad this time around, but I don't see it getting much better for high point. Um, but but Jake, where where do you lie on the Panthers' chance to at least make this one respectable i 
I mean, High Point will come out. They'll be loose. They'll be fun. They're a really fun team to watch. They've got, you know, Brendan Maia and, and those guys are, are you know, Asher and Olting. Those guys can really play. But this is Duke in playoff time, okay? And Duke is going to be in prime form. They have now had, when was their last game? May 2nd. So they've almost had two weeks to practice. That's dangerous, okay? You've given, you've given Duke two weeks to practice. Now, granted, High Point has also, um, has also had a similar amount of time to practice for Duke, but – I mean, that's dangerous. I think that – I really think that Duke's going to run away with them just to make a statement. Um, I, it, You know, playing somebody in the regular season when there's out of conference, when there's not much on the line, um, and then, you know, going into the playoffs and, and you know, you you got to win to stay in, I think it's going to be important for Duke to make a statement here. I think they probably win by – I think we're going to have another 27-8 type deal. I just I don't think it's going to be all that close. I love High Point. I think those guys are ballers. I think they're a lot of fun to watch. But it's Duke in playoff time. That's really all you got. It. That's really what it boils down to. Yeah, yeah. I think you know if if High Point wants to have really any chance of keeping this one close, like th- this sounds backwards to say, um, but they're going to have to probably keep it out of Asher's stick a little bit during this game. Um, you know, and, and lean a little bit more on Maya and Rogers um, just because, you know, like Asher's had his turnover troubles and, and he's that, and that's like, not like a knockout. Like if you're leading the nation in turnovers, it's because like, you're a really great lacrosse player and you have the ball in your stick so often, right? Like you're, you're not going to be trash mm-hmm. and lead the nation in turnovers because if you have that many turnovers and you're trash, like the coach just won't have you on the field. Um, but, you know, if, if the ball is going to be in Asher's stick a lot and it's going to end up on the ground and then you have a guy like JT Giles Harris who can get it up, push in transition, and then just give it to – I mean, it's, it's dealer's choice at that point who he gives the ball off to in, in, um, on the offense. If you give Duke those extra possessions through turnovers, like that's when they pour it on and that's when they start to run away with it. Um, now, if you're going possession for possession and, you know, you get a stop on one end, they get a stop on the other, you score, they score, and, like, you're just trading, like, even possessions, then, yeah, like, you can keep this game relatively close throughout. But if you're going to, you know, give them an extra four or five, six possessions just off of turnovers alone, that's, like, they're going to score on, like, 90% of those. Um, so that that would be, you know, my only game plan for high point to keep this one tight is like as backwards as it might sound, maybe keep the ball out of Asher's stick as just not as much as it typically is. That that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying like take him out of the game plan because obviously you would need him to have any sort of chance, but um, yeah, but I'm, I'm going Duke on that one as well. Denver Loyola. This okay. one's yeah. yeah are, are we on the same page there? Yeah, we're on the same page there. I got you. Yeah. All right, so Denver Loyola, this one, uh, pretty intriguing. So, you know, Loyola gets in here after going on a great little run to close out their season in the Patriot League. Um, Obviously, we already mentioned with Lehigh where they weren't able to play that Patriot League championship game because of, which is now a, a false negative testing, but, you know, wins over Georgetown Navy and Army to close out the year for them. Uh, so Loyola's on a nice little tear here. Um, Denver coming off that loss in the Big East championship game, but that's like nothing new to them. That's just a yearly tradition, unlike any other. Um, so Denver getting in here. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say like, so like, I mean, Denver, they just fucking score, man. And like they score and they score and they score and they score. Yep. Um, I mean, they've got three guys on this roster, or no, four, four, who have at least 30 or more goals on the season. Um, Jack Hanna, another guy kind of like Jake Caraway, where he's, he shoots, uh, what's he getting? He's getting, he's getting eight shots a game. Um, you know, Ethan Walker, probably my favorite stroke 
in college across just a nice little lefty low to high bullet. Um, Jackson Morrill coming over from Yale leading this team in points right off the bat. So uh, Loyola, a nice little run for them to close out the season, but I just, I think this Denver team, like, yeah, they, they lost against Georgetown nine, like big whoop. They do that every single year. I, I, I think this is Denver and Denver by like four. Yeah, I think this is Denver, and Den- that's about what I would say too. Denver, they've got – I mean, Tierney has a loaded roster here. Um, you know, it's funny, uh, Logan Devereaux, uh, midfielder playing for Loyola, transferred to Denver. Um, so he's on the roster. So a um, little, little funny, you know, re- not necessarily a revenge game or anything like that. It's probably going to chop it up with the boys after. But um, I don't think he's been playing a whole lot. You know, he's only got one goal and he had a pretty lucrative career that, you know, they gave him the old freshman number 62. Uh, but yeah, maybe he's, maybe he's hurt, but uh, he had a pretty lucrative career as a Georgia boy, pretty lucrative career down in, uh, in Loyola. But uh, I mean, yeah, four or five out of Denver. That's a team that, you know, we haven't, I don't know. I don't think I've sat down to particularly why, you know, I did catch, part of that Denver or Georgetown game and, and Denver, you know, as we've said, they, they do have some ballers, but just came up a little short with Georgetown, but I, I think they can play. I, I, I think that they come out on top. Yeah. That, uh, that, that Jack Hanna was that down the alley uh, behind the back was. Yeah. Just ridiculous. I mean, that, 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 that was just, that was just a man goal. Um, but yeah, to have four different guys have 30 or more goals is just insane. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, obviously they're going to have, have a decent amount of success at the face-off stripe with a guy named uh, T.D. Erlin. Maybe you guys have heard of him before, but uh, he's pretty good. I at haven't those, heard of him. Those whole face-off things. Um, so, yeah, I mean, kind of what I – like what we had mentioned at the very beginning of this episode where, like, there wasn't – like there was entertaining across to watch all season long, but there wasn't really like a ton of chaos since, you know, the, the cream was at the top at the very, like it never really even needed to rise to the top. It was just at the top the whole time. We knew who all the best teams were going to be. They've proven it all year. Now we're in the tournament. It seems like it, it's going to be a weekend of chalk, um, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to see great lacrosse. I, th- I think that we've got, six maybe five we've we've got five or six very entertaining back and forth games maybe a couple that you know you can kind of zone out of um as as the game keeps going um but i mean listen we we are tremendously blessed to have eight more games to watch on ESPNU this weekend, and especially now that they're all staggered, so you can watch each game individually. Um, so it's going to be a great weekend for the boys and the girls. Uh, Jake, you got anything else heading into round one? Uh, nothing really in uh, in round one. I think that – I mean – I think it's going to be a fun weekend. Um, I mean, you got to keep an eye on the D3 bracket too um, and the D2 bracket. I mean, they're going to have some good games as well. But as far as the D1 bracket goes, I'm looking forward to see Chris Gray at championship weekend and Michael Sowers at championship weekend. I I love that for those guys. Um, You know, and seeing UVA back again, you know, as we much expected. So, yeah, I, I I think that's all I got for that. Yeah, so uh, just make sure you go out there, load up on those blood oranges. Um, you know, no one paid me to say that, but uh, Big Orange, if you guys want to sponsor the pod, get at me. Uh, make sure that you are following us on socials, at The Crease Dive, on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, the boys will have plenty of highlights rolling on all of those, so in case you're not able to get yourself in front of a TV, we'll have the highlights there for you. And in the meantime, we'll be keeping it low to high today we die. Yeah.
like a renaissance. 